Hello, this is Jonathan Steele coming to you through the Stave Wolf Podcast. Welcome to Could You Be More Specific? On today's episode, what I want to touch on is on the moralities of men. One of the things I want to get into right now is some of the reports that were coming out about in reference to Colin Kaepernick and how he had a scheduled workout with the Seattle Seahawks, but they canceled it or they pushed it back because of him refusing to no longer kneel for the national anthem. Um, now, from previous reports, they had said that he had stated that he wasn't going to kneel no more and it wasn't going to be an issue that he felt like it had served his purpose. With today's report, it does seem like it kind of contradicts that. One of the things I want to acknowledge and address in specific to, to, to that is uh, this comes from just the previous day where his teammate, Eric Reed he did a, a workout and meeting with the Cincinnati Bengals. And the owner of the team is Mike Brown. And apparently Mike Brown, that became the main issue with Eric Reed and whether or not he was going to protest the anthem, which is interesting considering that he has a player on his team that he drafted in the second round and Joe Mixon, which for better or for worse, no matter what side of the argument you're on, with him and the incident that happened with him at Oklahoma where, you know, hits hits another young woman, I believe, at a subway. At the time, no one, you know, people were bringing up that video, but no one was saying at the time to, to them, that, well, why would you draft him? Even though that was mentioned, but, you know, they spent a high round draft pick on him. He was drafted in the second round. And granted, he should get an opportunity to hopefully be able to make a career in his chosen profession, it's not an obligation or a right that he has. It's still a privilege. But I just I think that that was really interesting to hear that he was grilling Eric Reed, who has a stellar background of being a professional, because he was protesting police brutality. That became the biggest part of your interview with him, not his professionalism, not what he does in the community and so many other things that he's contributing to by being on your team. It's whether or not is he going to protest the national anthem. And that's when I talk about the moralities of men and where we decide to pick and choose what means the most to us, especially with football. I know football, especially in, in, in the black community, has always been looked at as a, as a tool to obviously lead to better economic standing, and, and it, it does create a lot of a lot of life lessons in terms of learning teamwork and sacrificing for people and all those things are good. But you would think that with all the recent studies and information that have come out in regards to football, especially over the past 20 to uh, 30 years, that they will be more proactive on wanting to increase participation and increase safety and be in terms of being a part of improving our communities because if you're trying to sell the single moms that this is the, the best route to go, or even, you know, kids who come from two-parent households in the black community that football is their best bet, stories like this over the past two, three seasons now that this has been going on, it's not going to help the long-term situation of your sport. So so that's why I kind of, just from hearing this report today with, with Kaepernick and the Seahawks versus also the other day of hearing that with Eric Reed, it does make you wonder and think about why would that become the main issue still to this day that we're, we're still discussing kneeling. 
that's what I don't get. Ruben Foster, who plays for the San Francisco 49ers, is allegedly being accused for punching his girlfriend eight to ten times in the head, and he's still on the, on the San Francisco 49ers team. This doesn't, as a guy, when you're telling women that you believe in equal rights and equal treatment, when you see stories like this, and even though it's alleged, just the way you even process that information, it comes across as you're just... You're just paying lip service to a lot of the stuff that people are concerned about with your sport. And it doesn't really help bring people into your game, especially from a sponsorship standpoint, that makes you feel like, oh, this is something that I will want my, my son to be participating in being part of long term. Now, I know the ratings for the show went down. A lot of people attribute that because people were afraid of the protests, uh, protesting the anthem, and they lost a lot of fans in middle America and say the South. And whenever they look at their ratings, they always look at it from the sense of the majority standpoint. And so they're looking at it from the white consumer standpoint. They're not acknowledging people of color that have no longer participate in watching football anymore. And that's another dismissive stat because if you compare the NFL to the NBA, the NBA as a overall league has always been proactive on addressing social issues because they know that in a social media time this is just what the climate is you can't avoid it the nfl is still working behind uh the eight ball in terms of getting with the times you you can't just be a generic athlete anymore it just doesn't work you can't pick and choose well i'll help with education or i'll help a children's program or i'll help something for the homeless and then pretend that Police brutality isn't a part of that issue or pretending that wage inequality isn't a part of that issue. And a lot of times that's what people like to do. They like to pick and choose whatever programs you're associated with and then say, well, that's a valid thing to protest. Because if Kaepernick protested women's rights or mistreatment of the military, which we've always known that for years, if he did that, this wouldn't be this much of an issue. All you would hear if Kaepernick protested the treatment of of troops is, well, what are we going to do to help our men and women of the armed forces? And Fox News wouldn't be losing their mind about it, but because he's talking about something that targets a specific group of men based off data, this is very much true, then they're going to make it everything about everything else that's not about that issue. And that's a tool that's always been used to make it seem like it's in your mind. This is something you're making up, which... I don't know what the uh, upside to victimization ultimately is, especially if you're talking about victimization in regards to black male. There's there's nothing that's good about being in that scenario. Just some of the stuff that you continue to hear about the NFL, it's to wonder why a player like Brandon Marshall, who's dealt with being bipolar, who I think has been a good example of acknowledging mistakes that you can make in your past and then work on improving on that in your future, has made pleas to the NFL about doing stuff for mental health awareness and getting involved in it in terms of also doing a better job of providing treatment for athletes' mental health while they're currently playing. I don't think that's something that they bring up enough. You know, I know that's viewed as an emotional emotional response a lot of times because in football, a lot of things are just perceived off of mental toughness. Well, mental toughness is having an awareness of who you are, where you are, and 
and how you plan on moving forward as a human being. Because once they leave the facility, they're now back to being what they're always going to be, and that's a private citizen. And if they can't function in general society well with others, then this is why they're going to continue to have these issues. I don't know why that was never brought up with Greg Hardy. And that was just something like, if you just listen to that guy talk, you could tell that he was having some issues. But they'll just chalk it up as to he's just this crazed guy who plays football who's six four, six five, and he can rush a passer. And that's it. And I think with, with Brandon Marshall and what he's tried to fight and advocate for, especially with the NFL in regards to the treatment of their players, is like really addressing the mental health of of the athlete and also in a wider range addressing the mental health of communities. So until they really decide that they want to make that a priority, they're going to continue to have these issues. It's why the Giants owner would make a statement about Kaepernick affecting the bottom line, but you re-sign a kicker that had the police call to his home, I believe 20 plus times. I could be wrong, but once you do more than three, really more than one, I think there's a pattern. But maybe that's just me. I'm not really sure. But he resigned them. And that was something that, oh, well, you know, we, we did our due diligence. That's what they always say. They give you a piece of, well, we did our due diligence. We heard nothing to the contrary. You know, lip service language. And that's, that's how they, they operate. I can't imagine if that was a defensive back, maybe because it was a kicker, it was viewed as something that wasn't as important. But if that was a defensive back that had the cops call to his house more than even five times, that would be an issue. He wouldn't have gotten re-signed, but the Giants did it. So so that's just something with the, when you start talking about that sports mentality, especially with, with the NFL, it's why I think their sports gonna, is, is going to continue to kind of slowly burn out. It's sad because I think it, it's not fair to a lot of the players in the league who are not getting involved in that, and they do a lot of good things. And it's unfortunate that many players in the league are being reduced to just players that are, are going to be further attached to this. But even someone like Chris Long, I think, well, I think has been a good example of saying that, hey, you can complain about that, but you will come out better of just taking on that challenge and wanting to change things. Because when you do the comparison between the NFL and the NBA, it's not even close in terms of what they mean. I know people will throw up, well, the NFL makes four times the amount of money in the NBA. And yeah, you can say that because of ticket sales and merchandising and things of that nature. To a lesser degree, you can bring that up with baseball, but baseball is a sport that's largely done. But the NFL, they they, they don't move the needle socially the way the NBA does. NBA is covered on way more social media platforms. It's more talked about to the point where the NFL is trying to use NBA players to market some of their material. You could say it's because they're more accessible, but it's a lot of really good guys in the NBA. Now, when you say in the comparison of the NFL versus the NBA, I think what's going on with Mark Cuban is very concerning that he kept a CFO on knowing the fact that he was sexually harassing women. The fact that there's been uh, incidents of uh, racial discrimination being reported there, which is crazy because this person that Mark Cuban was protecting is of color. And one of the most con- you know, concerning uh, issues with that was when 
one of the women that is um, accusing them in this situation felt safer to be around the players than she did around management. So that's another thing that you got to address is also the culture and the infrastructure in which a lot of these places are operating in. And a lot of them, you know, they act like a good old boys club and they don't treat it as a professional environment. And until they kind of figure that, that out, that you wanting to act like you're still in the fraternity versus being someone who's a true professional isn't going to help you in the long run if that's, that's the way you see people you work with. I still don't get why people in, in especially multi, multi-million, multi-billion dollar corporations continue to get caught up in this kind of stuff. I just don't understand why. The Mark Cuban one just really doesn't make that much sense to me. Why would he put himself in that type of a position? But hey, he was one of the first people that made the comment about Donald Sterling. and We're on a dangerous slope. If we start taking teens away from guys because of character issues like that. And that's not to say he was guilty then or I thought he was guilty. I mean, I definitely saw where he was coming from with that. But it's something to think about. I know... um, in terms of a private conversation being leaked out and that you can lose your team. But I, I get where the NBA was coming from in that regard because a lot of the people that are their workforce of people of color, a slavery thing aspect to it that gets leaked out privately will further hurt their brand. That's why the, the owner of the Panthers, Jerry Richardson, is trying to move off his team with multiple allegations of the sexual misconduct and some of the complaints have been uh, due to racial discrimination with scouting. So that's something that, you know, you always got to weigh, weigh and look through and, and obviously continue to go through. But I just can't help but think that that's a main topic right now, that they're literally going to debate whether or not you can bring in Colin Kaepernick over a workout versus a player being on your team that's been accused of physically assaulting his girlfriend multiple times. And it's just, it's okay. That's, you know, that that's just guys being guys, I guess. But uh, that was just something I wanted to address and touch on. Thank you for tuning in to Could You Be More Specific. I am Jonathan Steele. I look forward to doing more of these through the Stay Well podcast. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week and have a good one.